On the Record with White House Correspondent April Ryan. It's always a pleasure to be with some of the greatest people in this um, country and around the world talking uh, to them about issues of the day. And joining me today for On the Record with April Ryan is none other than the president of the NAACP, Derek Johnson, who is in the spotlight Uh, The convention is coming in Detroit. He's got all of the top-tier Democratic presidential candidates coming. And I'm honored that uh, they've chosen me to moderate the panel discussion. And at a time such as this, when we've got a president telling four black and brown congressional leaders to go back to the country where they came from if they don't like what's happening here... We're having issues on race at a time when the NAACP convention is happening. And join me and and let's celebrate our conversation today with Derek Johnson. Derek, thank you. President Johnson, thank you so much for joining me with On the Record with April Ryan. April, thank you for what you do and thank you for this opportunity. Well, I think this podcast is going to make some news because we, I mean, can you believe in 2019? And I mean, sometimes as a reporter, even as a reporter, I mean, I've looked through history, I've looked through tapes, I've read history, I'm a student of history because you can't sit in that unique perch and not fall back on precedent and history. Um, For 2019, for a time such as this, we have a president of the United States who's ramping up this racial intolerance and then you're going to have the convention. Um, What moment in time are we in in 2019? And, and for history's sake. Well, I've said over and over that when racial hatred and, and intolerance germinate from the White House, it truly sets the tone of the political climate. And where many of us are not surprised of around his statements and his tweets, we, we, we remain appalled with the fact that he would use uh, racial hate and intolerance as a distracting tool from substantive policy issues. As a nation, we must learn from our history, not repeat it. And he dogmatic around trying to rally a depleting base using the tool of racial hatred and intolerance. And that's unfortunate uh, in this state and in, in, in this country at this time. Huh. At this moment in time, do you see any way to heal the divide? Because it's getting worse. In many cases, uh, we are seeing uh, what has manifested over the last 10 years, uh, particularly or 12 years since the election of President Obama. Uh, Race has always been an issue in this country. W.B. Du Bois, one of our founders, said the question of the 21st century will be the question of race. Uh, Until we address it as a nation, we will always hit these junctures. Uh, But particularly uh, from the election of former President Obama to current, uh, the level of fear and anxiety has uh, risen to a level where it has become more and more acceptable for demagogues such as uh, President Trump to use the tool of race and intolerance to rally a base and try to frame uh, a reality of America that has that should have been uh, far behind us. Hmm. Well, before we started talking, you you gave me some news. You um, 
you've invited the president of the United States to the NAACP convention and the Republican president. And this is nothing new. You know, I remember when Julian Bond was the head of the board uh, uh, for the NAACP and he and, and George W. Bush were fighting, then President George W. Bush were fighting, I mean, uh, verbal fisticuffs. And but George W. Bush still came to the NAACP. Julian Bond still met with him, um, you know, shook his hand before he went on the stage and addressed the convention. So this is nothing new. You've had Democratic and Republican uh, presidents come to the NAACP convention. So tell me, you open, you openly invited this president, President Donald John Trump, number 45, to the NAACP convention. So where does that stand right now? Because he's a candidate. You wanted him to um, allow me to ask him questions like I'm going to do with the Democratic and the independent candidates for president. What is the status of that, President Johnson? Well, as you stated, the NAACP, we are a nonpartisan organization. And as a result of that, we invite all candidates that meet a certain threshold, irrespective of political affiliation, to to come before our delegates and and present their policy position. Our goal is is to allow delegates to understand the policy uh, choices that they are going to have to make as they select individuals to represent this nation. And so we extended an invitation. Uh, President Trump, as we've done with all sitting presidents, uh, and and he's declined our invitation for the third time. Uh, we extend we've extended an invitation to him from the time he became the Republican nominee, in which he declined his first and second year as president. And now that he's in his third year, he's declined every year. The uniqueness of this process for this year, because of the level. Uh, of noise around intolerance and racial hatred, we want to cut through all that noise and have a substantive policy conversation with all of the candidates who are running for office. And and, and we are thankful that you agreed, uh, April, to be the moderator to narrate the conversation based on the needs and interests of the African-American community as defined by our delegates who, who come from 47 states and over 2,200 units across the country. So as opposed to seizing a podium for a rhetorical speech, we want to have a true substantive conversation around policy considerations as it relates to the African-American community, and President Trump has declined. However, we are pleased uh, to also announce that many of the candidates uh, across political affiliation uh, accepted invitation. Former Governor of Massachusetts, who's running in the Republican primary, he will be joining us. Uh, uh, independent candidate Schultz, when he since the suspended uh, his campaign, we sent an invitation to him. Uh, we've announced eight of the top tier presidential candidates will be on our main stage. And on yesterday, uh, Mayor Pete uh, Buttigieg uh, reached out to say he will also be there. So that's nine top tier. Candidates, uh, other candidates who are running for office will be in our, in our experience hall. NAACP, we're nonpartisan because we have members who are, are actively engaged with both major political parties, the Green Party as independents, and it's our goal to drive the agenda, not to conform to a 
an agenda defined by a political party. And as a result of that, we want to hear and be a part of all of the conversation. So it's interesting. So uh, Mayor Pete, who is now uh, outpacing everyone in fundraising, um, uh, for his campaign, uh, he is now coming because when you when the NAACP first put out the list, his name wasn't there. People were like, well, where's Mayor Pete? Where's Mayor Pete? Where's Mayor Pete? So it's interesting. He must have heard the, the outcry um, and said, let me come. You know, NAACP, we have long been uh, uh, a magnet for individuals who are offering themselves up to run for public office. Uh, state, national, and local, uh, and a convening force uh, for those individuals. So members of the African-American community writ large and members of the NAACP specifically uh, could hear what are the options that you're presenting in front of us in terms of public policy. And substantively, this the conversation needs to be about public policy, not distractions based on race and religion. And Far too often in the most recent political history of this nation, we've seen the commander-in-chief use distractions to, to move away from the substantive policy choices that's in front of us or decisions being made. It's, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's unusual for him to launch uh, what he just launched against those four members of Congress because it's in the backdrop of an indictment, an arrest of a close friend of his. And if you can track when he, when he elevates the conversation around intolerance and racial hatred, is always in the middle of some profound policy impact that we, are, we must look at or some announcement or some indictment or some arrest. So he used tools of distractions to move the needle so we can look west when we should be looking east. Mm. So let's go back to President Trump. Um, as you know, I'm a White House correspondent, and um, anything presidential, I'm on. <laughs> so how did... Tell me about the negotiations. Tell me how did you get the decline? How did it even come up? How did the president even begin the conversation to start um, to say, I want to come to the convention? And then how did he decline it? Well, you know, we, we sent a letter to the White House in February. Uh, we, we received no response. Uh, up until two weeks before the convention, uh, when our chief uh, government affairs uh, VP uh, uh, was invited to a meeting, and they began a conversation at the White House. Uh, that meeting went to the conversation around uh, which day would be appropriate for uh, the president to attend. Our, our, our initial invitation for was for Wednesday, and because we didn't hear anything for over. Uh, five months, we began to build out our programming uh, because we're still going to carry out we're going to carry out a convention whether someone accepts or decline our invitation. And from there, uh, they actually asked for another date other than Wednesday. And once that was requested, we began to adjust our agenda and confirm everything for Wednesday, only for them to come back to say, "Well, we want to do Wednesday," and so well, Wednesday is not available, and we're not uh, uh, allowing for speeches. We're having moderated conversations so we can amplify uh, the questions that our delegates are most concerned about, and we can have a more substantive uh, discourse so that our delegates can 
get a true appreciation of the options that are being placed on the table by candidates for the office of president. Um, and, and as a result of those conversations, uh, they began to uh, give us the signal that that was not going to be acceptable based on their terms. Before us, it was non-negotiable, and we had already made the decision that you, uh, April Ryan, would be the moderator of the conversation because you actually have carried the voice of many in the African-American community in a way in which our delegates and our members resonate with. And so we found it important to have someone who had a more relatable relationship with our community, particularly members of the NAACP, to serve in that moderating role because we want our delegates to see their voice in the questions that you will present. Uh, but the Trump administration decided that that was not acceptable, uh, the format, uh, the date, uh, and I can only assume the moderator. And as a result of that, they uh, 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 informed us on Monday that they were going to decline our offer. Uh, and the offer stands because we want to give space for them to provide to the African American community and our delegates the policy considerations that's in front of us. Uh, but uh, since they've decided uh, not to accept that invitation, we're going to continue to plan and, and carry out a, a successful convention for the 110th year in Detroit, Michigan. Well, I'm not offended that the president is not coming, <laughs> even if he doesn't like the fact that I'm moderating. I'm going to continue to ask the questions at the NAACP convention that affect a portion of America that sometimes doesn't get a voice. And I'm going to ask those same questions at the White House for a certain portion of America that doesn't necessarily always feel or, or, or feel they have a voice or necessarily, particularly in this administration, have a seat at the table. It is important for all voices to be heard, especially when someone is vying for the highest office in the land. So um, either way, we move on. Uh, so I want to I ask you this. So when we come to next week in the convention, what are your hopes, particularly as it relates to these top-tier candidates running for president? Well, you know, our theme this year is when we fight, we win. And our goal for this convention is to equip our members and friends and attendees with the tools necessary to enter the fight to make democracy work for everyone. Uh, that's the goal of the NAACP, to ensure equal protection under the law, to make sure we have a healthy and prosperous nation, and that nation can only be healthy and prosperous if all the members, especially African Americans, are also healthy and prosperous. The health of any uh, community is based on three standards, in my opinion. Are we caring for the, the, our elders? in a way in which they can live out their life with dignity? Are we preparing our young people for a bright and productive future so they can provide for their families and their communities and this nation as a whole? And are we protecting the right of the disadvantaged, however we, we define uh, one's disadvantage? That's the health of any society, that we're actually loving our neighbor. Well, some of us learn that it, 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 uh, through our Christian belief that there are only two great commandments. Love that God with all our mind and heart. And that second one, which is most important, and that's the work of the NAACP. Loving thy neighbor so that we can be a healthy community. And you can only do that if you speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. If you advocate for public policy that allows for a healthy community and that if you stand up for the rights of those who will be taken advantage of, uh, in many ways uh, in this nation uh, that we've seen history has demonstrated. 
That's how we have a healthy community. That's how we make democracy work. And that's the goal of this year's convention, to equip our our delegates with the right information, the right tools to enter the fight so we can ultimately win. For a time, yeah, for a time such as this, the NAACP convention is next week in Detroit in the D. I'm going to be the moderator. I'm honored. Um, President Johnson, I don't know how much I've told you this, but I'm honored. I'm humbled um, to be moderating this very important session. Um, as a kid from Baltimore, five generations removed from the last known slave in my family, I'm honored that this organization would put this great responsibility on me to be able to help inform the masses about these people who are looking for the highest office in the land and how they will impact our lives. I thank you so much. So we thank you for the work you do, for being the voice we need during this time. Continue to do the work and you continue to be appreciated, not only by the NACP, but African Americans across this country. Thank you joining us. Wow, thank you. Well, you guys, you've heard it um, from the president of the NAACP who's getting ready to go into his next convention. It's the 110th 110th convention of the NAACP in Detroit, Michigan. Thank you for joining us with On the Record with April Ryan. We will see you in Detroit. Talk to you soon. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.